0: Welcome to Ted In Your Head, the podcast where we grab a hold of our minds and ask, what's happening here? Where we answer the question, what can I do with this? And where we seek to powerfully decide, this is what I want to create. This is your host, Ted Moreno. I'm a certified hypnotherapist, a success performance coach, and a fellow explorer of what is possible. Come on, let's check it out. Greetings and welcome to the TED in Your Head podcast. This is part of my interview series and today I'm interviewing Jasmine Rausch. Jasmine is a certified yoga therapist who specializes in chronic disease prevention and control, pulmonary health, pain, and stress management. Jasmine started practicing in 2006 and began teaching in 2013. After she overcame chronic back pain and learned how to manage her asthma through yoga, she decided to continue her studies in yoga therapy. Jasmine is a graduate of Loyola Marymount University's Clinical Yoga Therapy RX program, the only accredited university program of its kind, and continues to mentor with program director Dr. Larry Payne, Ph.D. Her clinical hours were completed at the Sims Man Venice Family Clinic under the direction of Dr. Miles Sparr, M.D., and Dr. Lori Rubenstein-Fazio, DPT. Jasmine founded Root Yoga Therapy in 2014. She works with individuals and groups to educate, share, and apply tools to change habits and promote mindful living and overall well-being. You can find Jasmine on the cover of the most recent issue of LA Yoga Magazine, where she lends advice on how to find teachers and trainings in the featured article by Marja Lankinen on the importance of continuing education. To learn more about Jasmine and her practice, visit www.rootyogatherapy.com. Greetings, Jasmine. How are you doing today?
1: I'm very good. Thank you for having me on Ted in Your Head. You're
0: very welcome. And for our listeners, I I want to let you know that we're both a little bit under the weather. So if we clear our throats or there's an occasional cough, please uh, excuse us. A very rainy day here in Southern California today. So, Jasmine, let's get right into it. What is... A yoga therapist.
1: So that's a great question because oftentimes I get asked, what's a, how is a yoga therapist different than a yoga instructor? So a yoga therapist really takes the principles and practices of yoga and applies them more as integrative medicine to a Western medical model. So what I mean by that is I specifically work with people with chronic conditions, and that can range from actual physical di- conditions such as pain, Or it can be uh, mental health and emotional conditions like anxiety, depression, grief, and things like this. And so we use it as uh, a holistic healing. So we're looking at the person, um, we're looking at the whole person and seeing how we can heal the whole person rather than just focusing on the symptoms that are arising. And we do that through different limbs of yoga or any of the tools that are under that kind of overarching word or umbrella term, yoga.
0: So what you're telling me is that you can help people with like anxiety with yoga therapy?
1: Exactly. And it's more about uh, management, improving symptoms, and allowing people to feel like they have regained control over their health. So giving them really tangible tools to integrate into their daily life.
0: Okay, Well, I think everyone has some idea of what yoga is, but maybe you can tell us in your words what yoga is.
1: I think yoga, especially in the Western world, we think of it as a fitness, as a way to exercise the body, uh, putting our body into these really interesting shapes, gaining flexibility, gaining strength, and all those things are important. And they're also part of that word yoga. But yoga to me is really a way of life. It's not necessarily just something you do for an hour a day or a week or however many times you visit your class it's really how you are in the world how you integrate what you learn into the world so as life throws us challenges we're able to use some of these practices to move through life challenges in a way that's manageable and also in a way that's supportive for ourselves
0: So can you say a little bit more about that, like using yoga to move through the world? Can you maybe give me some examples of that to help us understand?
1: Right. So in yoga, we again, I kind of mentioned this earlier, where we talk about it being this overall umbrella term and doing the shapes and poses with our body is just one bit of yoga. Breathing is another part. Mindfulness is another part. Meditation is another part. Oftentimes we separate yoga and meditation, but really meditation is part of yoga. So, for example, when we're moving through something challenging, right, using yoga as a tool to kind of help, and whatever tool that yoga offers, so using yoga as a tool to help us move. For example, if if we're involved in a personal relationship with our partner and we're in an argument because I think that's something that we can all relate to. Being in an argument with somebody uh, very close to us, whether it's our romantic partner or whether it's a parent, a sibling, a best friend, um, oftentimes we become very reactive. Something within us is triggered. We might feel uh, emotions such as anger, frustration. Uh, Maybe even confronting a person might bring feelings of anxiety. So how can we support ourselves through these sensations or through these feelings that arise? Well, this is a great way yoga can be applied. Mm. So yes, maybe it would help by doing certain movements to clear excess energy from the body. Oftentimes when we're anxious, we might feel almost a sense of nervousness or a sense of energy. And maybe movement is appropriate to help move some of that energy so we can feel a sense of grounding and connection with ourselves before approaching that confrontation. Or we can do something just as simply as breathing, allowing us to kind of steady ourselves, right? And if we're in an, in an interaction with some someone that's confrontational and we're Feeling very frustrated. Again, we can apply some practices such as breathing or taking a moment of space to reflect so we can become more responsive to the situation versus feeling very reactive. Mm. And I think that can come up a lot on our mat, for example, when we're in a challenging pose, something that requires a lot of strength, something that's making Mm. our arms burn or Mm. our abdominals shake or things like this. How do we approach that pose with a sense of ease? and a sense of steadiness and suppleness, right? So even though we're being challenged physically and we're feeling sensations of wanting to quit or wanting to react or get angry, we can find tools to stay steady, stay grounded with the sensation in order to move through to the other side.
0: Hmm. Very interesting. We could probably talk a lot about that. But let me move on to my next question, and that is, Um, When did you get interested in yoga and like what got you interested in yoga?
1: So I was actually introduced to yoga through meditation. So most people kind of go into a yoga class looking for a sense of that exercise, wanting to build strength or flexibility or the long lean muscle or all those things. But I really found my way through yoga um, through meditation. My cousin. He meditates for many hours a day. And when I was in college, um, I was working for his company part-time. And every break I had, whether it was a 10-minute break in the morning, a lunch break, the 10-minute break in the afternoon, I would visit him in his office. And we would sit and meditate. And he taught me how to breathe. Mm. So I really attached to that, um, to those sensations. You know, I, got, I felt very good for whatever reason, right? It it was the environment I was in. It was the relationship I was building with him. But it was also just sensing my breath for the first time in a real way um, where I felt it not only physically connected, but also a different emotional connection to it that I had never felt before. Mm. And it wasn't until a couple years later where I actually found myself into an actual yoga class Um, and, you know, mentioned in my bio, I actually struggled with chronic back pain. So I had that back pain from the age of 14 on until I was about 21, 22. And um, I was recommended to go to physical therapy. I had probably just started a physical yoga practice, which we call like an asana practice. And I decided instead of doing physical therapy, I was just going to kind of do more yoga. Um, And then ultimately through, you know, the strength that yoga brings, the breathing practices that it introduces to the body and the mobility and also the awareness of posture, the awareness of your body in space. I really started to shift the way I moved in the world. Um, and so ever since I practiced and uh, had my meditation practice and my physical practice, and that's really how I got into um, having yoga in my daily life and I started to see shifts. And not only did I see shifts, but other people started to notice shifts. So people would comment on my posture all the time. Like, wow, I see you're standing up so much straighter. And I always find it interesting because now that I'm so deep into what I do, I know that posture has a direct correlation with how we might feel about ourselves. So as I became more confident with myself, as I healed some internal wounds, Mm -hmm. I also was more comfortable standing up straight, presenting myself differently to the world around me. Mm -hmm. And that was having a physical effect in how my body was responding, right? I was in less pain. I was a little stronger emotionally and physically.
0: Mm. How interesting. So it seems like the key word here is awareness, right? You become aware of how you're showing up in the world. You become aware of how you're breathing. You become aware of how you're... um, Presenting yourself to the world. Very interesting. So you, I imagine you have your own yoga practice. I do. Okay. And what, is that like hours every day doing yoga? Or what does that look like? If you don't mind sharing.
1: No, I don't. I think it's different every day. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think we always need something different. And that's not to say that that some mornings I wake up feeling similar and I might need a practice that's similar, but I think it's important to check in with yourself every single day and decide maybe what your day looks like, what you're feeling at that moment, and offer yourself a practice that serves that versus always doing the same thing in routine or habit just because it's something that's familiar to you. So that's what's so unique about the practice is it can really meet you wherever you are. So my practice, I would say, it's not always a designated time. Often, though, I do make time, whether it's 7 minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, or 20 minutes, to meditate in the morning. For me, I'm somebody who can get up in the morning, go about my day, start my routine, hop on the computer and all these things, and really never create that space for myself in the morning. So I find it important, at least for me, to give myself those few minutes in the morning to check in, see what my day looks like, visualize what my day looks like, and offer a meditation practice that helps me ground into whatever I'm feeling so I can support myself throughout my day. If I have a very long day ahead of me, I'm not going to do a practice that expends a lot of energy. Sure. I'm going to do a practice that's a little more restorative and nourishing mm-hmm. in, in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, we talked about earlier that we're both kind of coming off a cold. Right. So because of that, again, I'm not going to do something that's going to expend all my energy. I actually right. want to do something that's going to support my immune system um, and nourish myself so I can continue to heal. So I think it's important to check in every single day. A lot of my practice is meditation, and that's actually something not I, that I not only reserve time for in the morning— But trying to leave myself time for throughout the day so I can continue to inflict the changes I want to create within myself, especially because I do this work with other people, I think it's important to not only check in and hold space for myself, but give myself that strength to be able to hold space for somebody else as I help guide them through their process.
0: Okay, so does someone need to know how to do yoga to come see you?
1: No. Absolutely not. Okay. All right.
0: So I want to mention here that I actually went to go see you. And, you know, I've been doing... I wouldn't say I have a formal yoga practice, but I do do yoga postures every morning. So I was somewhat familiar with what that looked like. But to be honest with you, the postures I was somewhat familiar with. But, you know, there's a couple of things you showed me that were very intense um, and really kind of made me twist in a way I've never done before that was really for my breath was really, really liberating. So I can see how, you know, you're, you're really good at guiding people through these different movements and postures. And I, I really felt I got a lot of benefit from uh, my session with you, which really wasn't, um, I mean, it was, I think it was an hour or something and came out of there being able to breathe a little bit more deeply. Um, so what kind of people do you work with? I mean, typically, who are the people that are coming to you?
1: Well, first, thank you for, for sharing your experience with our session. Um, and then going to your question, typically the people that come see me um, are people who have some kind of chronic condition. So again, that could be maybe physical pain. Um, chronic back pain chronic hip pain their shoulder might be bothering maybe this is from an injury that they got three four months ago or this is something that's been going on for a year two years that flares up goes away flares up goes away Um, so that's one type of of person I'll see and then um, I also work you know as mentioned In my bio, with people who have respiratory conditions. I myself um, have asthma, have had it since birth, and I've learned through yoga many tools, not just breathing patterns and techniques, but also uh, those mindfulness practices or meditation practices. Through that, I learned how to manage my asthma. um, And, you know, it's changed my life dramatically. Um, asthma for in my perspective is both a physical and mental emotional condition and I, I think I think
0: some people might have a, they might not understand when you say that asthma might be an emotional condition could you say a little bit more about that
1: yeah well I, th- I mean it's undeniable that we are connected mind and body so anything that's showing up physically most likely will have a mental and emotional attachment to it and vice versa so in terms of other people like if I'm seeing somebody who has anxiety or depression or is going through a grieving process they most likely will feel those sensations in their body as well um and I'll just give a simple example if somebody's anxious or we are nervous you tend to might feel this we call it butterflies in the stomach or you might feel you have a pit in your stomach Mm -hmm. right so we can already decide and that there is a physical sensation. So when I talk about asthma not only being a physical condition, right, the symptoms are showing up physically. We have inflammation. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes if you ask a person who's in the middle of an asthma attack or has had several asthma attacks um, like I have, there is also sensations of fear, of panic, of um, sadness, maybe of helplessness, right, feeling like you know, we can't breathe, even though the breathing's limited. Or maybe it's isolation, nobody can relate mm. to what we feel. Mm. Um, and then a really great example to notice how emotions can affect breath is when we are grieving, when we've had heartache, yeah. and when we're crying. I mean, what happens mm-hmm. if somebody's crying or mm. their heart's broken? right? Oftentimes their breath changes and their posture changes.
0: Well, there's no doubt that, you know, the mind and body are intimately connected. Um, But I think one of the revelations for me in my hypnotherapy practice is that, you know, so much of a person's pain or physical problems are emotionally based, yet uh, helping people to understand that is a difficult challenge. I, I think most people would not want to or it might be difficult for many people to consider. Oh, my allergies have some root in emotional issues, or my asthma mm-hmm. is maybe exacerbated by some kind of emotional issue. So for me, you know, the study and research that I'm doing is all about that, and it's. Um, so I think that topic of the mind body affecting each other is incredibly important. Uh, something most people don't even realize, uh, in my opinion. So. Um,
1: just to add to that i think it's also very tough to go there first right right um so sometimes it's just it's more relatable or tangible or just simpler to decide that we're going to work on the symptoms
0: or take a pill
1: or take a pill right right? but the reality is 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 i think a lot i mean okay so one of the guru of the lineage that i come from um which is Krishnamacharya, and then his son Desikachar. Um, Desikachar said, and this is very true to yoga, that the healing happens in the relationship. So, when we talk about working with people, and you're talking about in your hypnotherapy practice, sometimes it's very challenging right away for the the patient or the client or the student to come and start to dive into these really vulnerable spaces. And the reality is, is that I feel that in our culture, Western culture, we're not really taught to associate with these feelings. In fact, we're told that these are negative feelings, right? right? It's not a, it's, no, you don't want to feel anxiety. No, you don't want to feel sadness right it's not okay these are uncomfortable and and you know how you know with for example boys right a lot of times they're told stop crying right so we kind of have these negative views or energies right around some of these emotions and um, I think it's very interesting when I talk about that or when I've I believe that the healing, so much happens in the relationship Mm. because I think over time, and I'm sure you've experienced this with your clients, is that as you create the connection, right, you create a safer space. You create the trust. It's much easier to hold them and have them feel held so they can approach some of the roots of what their symptoms are. Right now, it's one of the reasons why I tell people this isn't a one time right. situation, right? Not yeah. just because the relationship needs time to develop, mm-hmm. but also because the habit needs time to shift and break, right. and the integration needs to happen. So, there's a couple things there.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we've been talking for 22 minutes and I'm sure we could probably talk for another 20 minutes, but uh, we kind of have to wrap it up. But, you know, some of the stuff you've said was not only really profound, but super um, fascinating. So if somebody wants to get in touch with you, they want to contact you. Well, first of all, let me back up. Where's your practice located? Where where do you see people?
1: I see people here in Pasadena. Um, actually, my My office is technically Los Angeles, but for those who um, are familiar with the Pasadena area, it's off San Rafael and Colorado. Um, And I have a really nice office space there where uh, I see people individually. And then I do things like speaking engagements um, where I can come and speak to a company or a group of people. Um, I can lead company retreats. I, uh, lead workshops and things like this. So I offer different things. Um, the best way to contact me is as Ted mentioned through my site, rootyogatherapy.com. Um, so whether you're interested in a one-on-one or having me come and speak to a small group, um, or host an event with me or see what events I'm hosting, that would be the best place to reach out.
0: Okay, all right. Well, it's been a really, really fascinating conversation.
1: Thank you for Thank you
0: so much for being a part of my podcast, even though you're under the weather.
1: (laughs) Thank you for having me. It's 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 always fun to collaborate with like-minded souls.
0: It's been my pleasure. So thank you very much, and best of luck uh, with you and your uh, burgeoning business. Thank you. Thank you for listening to TED In Your Head. This podcast has absolutely nothing to do with TED Talks, TEDx or any other TED except me TED A. Moreno thanks to Dimitri Rosti for his help in producing this podcast for more information about me and what I do you can go to my website at tedmoreno.com please connect with me on Facebook LinkedIn, YouTube, Google Plus Pinterest, Tumblr and Twitter and finally remember what T.S. Eliot said We shall not cease from exploration, and the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time.